the grotesque indecency and arrogance of the trans cult. America has become a cesspool of fetid water in which we're all boiling alive like those proverbial frogs we've heard so much about. How else to account for the silence of most Christian leaders, including those who pontificate on social injustice, while saying and doing virtually nothing as children are being chemically sterilized and surgically mutilated? How else to account for the absence of protests at the pestilent drag queen story hours for toddlers that pollute public libraries across the country? And how else to account for an 11-year-old boy cavorting in drag on stage at Brooklyn's premier queer bar to the leers and cheers of adult homosexual men who throw dollar bills at him? And how else to account for the parents of this exploited child being allowed to retain custody of him? Desmond Napoles, better known by his drag persona, Desmond is Amazing, appeared at the $3 Bill Club in Brooklyn, sashaying about the homosexual drag club stage, all decked out like singer Gwen Stefani. I wrote this about Desmond a year ago. Wendy Lou Napoles, another feckless perversion-facilitating mother, supports her 10-year-old son Desmond in his drag queen aspirations. His drag persona, Desmond is Amazing, first came to the public's attention in 2015 when he marched or rather vogued in the New York City Pride Parade to the cheers of the sick crowd. A video of his unfortunate performance went viral, and his career as an exploited child transvestite took off. Desmond now has an Instagram account on which he posts photos of himself in drag, as well as a Facebook page that has no normal little boy photos. He recently announced his plans for a virtual club that will be a, quote, positive, encouraging, and safe online community for all drag kids to connect with one another, end quote. Does anyone believe a fifth grader would on his own come up with such an idea? In a June 2017 interview in Out Magazine about Desmond's premature fabulousness, Desmond's mom, who admits to taking him to the New York City Pride Parade every year since he was about four or five, and to buying his drag outfits for him, said she has known for, quote, a long time, end quote, that her 10-year-old is homosexual. In another Out Magazine interview in October 2017, Ms. Napoles claims Desmond had his first crush at age seven on Jinx Monsoon, an adult drag queen he saw on RuPaul's drag show. Is that really what Desmond experienced? A crush on an adult? How many seven-year-old boys have crushes on adults? Not quite a month ago, Desmond appeared on three episodes of the YouTube show called P.U., which is described as a, quote, stinky sit-down comedy talk show satire, end quote, hosted by two homosexuals, one of whom is 51-year-old Michael Alleg. Alleg was the premier club kid in New York City in the 1980s and 1990s. In 2014, Alleg was released from prison after serving 18 years for murdering his friend and drug dealer, Andre Angel Melendez, leaving Melendez's rotting body in his bathtub for eight days, dismembering him and throwing the dismembered body into the Hudson River. In this PU episode, and you can watch it if you go to this article online, 
Alec and homosexual co-host Eric Glam asked Desmond about his pink lace and bejeweled hand mirror. Desmond describes it as his Richie Rich mirror, following which Alec and Glam start smirking and bantering about Richie Rich. No, not the Richie Rich a little boy should be talking about. They were talking about former club kid and fashion designer, homosexual Richie Rich. Wearing silver girl's sandals and a tiara, Desmond appears in another video for Refinery29, a media and entertainment company that helps women see, feel, and claim their power, to talk about his philosophy and fashion. Not so long ago, parents would likely have lost custody of their children for doing the things these mothers are doing. Today, they're celebrated by many on the left. It's hard to take seriously the moral outrage of leftists over the abuse of adult women by adult men, you know, hashtag Me Too movement, when they say nothing about this kind of egregious and very public abuse of children. Many questions are raised, but not explored by the explosion in the number of children who identify as trans. Here are a few. Could other vulnerabilities or comorbidities like social problems, depression, anxiety, autism, or suicidal ideation contribute to the development of gender dysphoria? What role does family dysfunction or trauma play in cross-sex identification? How many trans-identifying children have absent or abusive fathers? How many trans-identifying children have experienced sexual abuse? How many parents of famous trans-identifying children profit in material ways from their children's fame? How many mothers of famous trans-identifying children are, in effect, stage mothers or mothers with Munchausen syndrome by proxy who derive pleasure from their children's cross-sex identification? What part do too rigid gender stereotypes play in convincing either children and or their parents that they are trans simply because of interests or tastes during early childhood, a period during which sexual identity is fluid? What part does pervasive cultural indoctrination with the trans ideology, including in government schools, social media, the arts, advertising, professional medical and mental health organizations, and the legacy media, play in causing children to identify as the sex they aren't. If, as many parents of trans-identifying children claim, God makes no mistakes, why are they allowing doctors to chemically and surgically alter the God-given healthy bodies of their children? If children experience a mismatch between their healthy bodies and their feelings about their biological sex, why does so many assume the error rests with healthy bodies rather than with subjective feelings? In addition to devastating the hearts, minds, and bodies of children and adults, the trans toxin boiling us alive leaves a corrosive residue of overweening hubris. Those who identify as trans feel entitled to bully others into submission. Like men who don evening gowns to conceal their sex, sexual anarchists conceal their tyrannical impulses beneath rhetoric about compassion, inclusivity, tolerance, equality, and justice. But make no mistake, sexual revolutionaries are exploiting these virtues as weapons. Sexual revolutionaries use these noble ideals to confuse and intimidate the unpersuaded in order to silence the expression of views revolutionaries detest. 
And as conservatives acquiesce to every new initiative, as we capitulate to every rhetorical demand, as we tolerate that which a decent society should howl in protest over, their arrogance, intolerance, and sense of entitlement grows. Last week, a grotesque display of arrogant entitlement took place in a GameStop store when a young clerk referred to a big, burly man with a deep voice as Sir, following which the enraged burly man set upon the young clerk with a volley of obscenities, issued a very male taunt to take it outside, knocked down a store display, demanded the corporate number, and threatened to tattle to all LGBTQ organizations in the known world, all because of the young clerk's alleged offense of misgendering him. Of course, what the big, burly, enraged man was really demanding was for the clerk to missex him. The enraged, burly man was demanding that the young clerk use language that is appropriate only for biological women, which he clearly isn't. With cult-like fanaticism and tyrannical tactics, trans cultists and their ideological allies now demand that all of society accept their arguable, subjective assumptions as gospel truth and kowtow to the real-world applications of these nonsensical assumptions. All of society is expected to share with opposite-sex persons restrooms, locker rooms, and other spaces in which humans engage in personal bodily activities, thereby undermining not only fundamental principles of modesty, but also the free exercise of religion. All of society is expected to use incorrect pronouns or risk loss of employment or hefty fines, thereby undermining both the right to free speech and the free exercise of religion. All single-sex clubs, organizations, and activities, including athletics, are being forced to become co-ed, thereby undermining assembly or association rights. The First Amendment is being dismantled, bit by bit, by men in dresses aided and abetted by conservative cowardice. Ironically, the temerity of trans activists in exploiting and indoctrinating children, coercing speech, demanding entree into opposite-sex private spaces, and shrieking obscenities at those who tacitly admit the emperor is wearing drag, exposes the lie that the perverse LGBTQQAP ideology has anything to do with tolerance, autonomy, inclusivity, diversity, or choice.